Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Hello, friends. I forgot that Heather and I did not introduce ourselves on this. So this is my episode with Heather from Nature versus Narcissism and Status Pending. How happy are you that I live in Cincinnati now? Pretty happy. Yeah, this is like our fifth hangout in like two weeks, it feels like. I like it, though. I know. It's fun. We're, we're doing trivia. We went, Heather took me to my first comedy club. Oh, that was your first time ever? Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to Funny Moon next time, then. It's amazing. I think it's better than Go Bananas. I'm not dissing Go Bananas, especially since Melissa from Just the Tipsters. Okay. The one that we were at, the Go Bananas, mm-hmm. she used to run that one. Oh. She lives in Cali now. Fun. Yeah. So I'm not dissing it, but I like Funny Moon. Go Bananas was good. They had, we had a bucket of beer. We <laughs> yeah, got we pizza. Did. And then we played pool, and I suck at pool. Like I, hardcore. I usually suck at pool. I was super excited when I started beating someone. <laughs> I was like, come play with me more often. <laughs> we had a little dance party. <laughs> <laughs> Heather was getting her leg up on that table. I it's the only position I could get to get the ball in the hole. That's what she said. <laughs> she always says it, damn it. Oh yeah. Do you like all the skulls and murder I, birds in here? I love all skulls, all murder birds. I have a lack of skulls and murder birds in my apartment. I just have a lack of decorations because I have no motivation. This is the only room that's decorated in the entire apartment. Did you see the pile of pictures sitting in the living room? Mine are- They're not on the walls. (laughs) Mine are in a box. There's more in a box. You want me to show you the box? (laughs) (laughs) Your apartment looks more put together than mine. The only reason mine has stuff up on the walls is because it's cold and I needed um, soundproofing slash- thermal curtains on the windows because it's an it's a like an older building so mm-hmm. i had to have my air conditioning units and the windows taken out because it was creating an actual draft <laughs> i was like laying in bed i'm like why is there a breeze <laughs> i would be like hey breeze <laughs> podcasting is not a social media or visual media <laughs> it, it will just- be soon <laughs> coming soon we do have a camera now for season two. Oh. Hopefully February 1st. No one wants to see. Well, uh, although Heather has seen my dance moves. They're pretty great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Justin has too. I sent him the clips. Yeah, you put them on your Snapchat, so a lot of people have seen them. Oh, I put it on the story? I, think, I suck at Snapchat. I think I you suck. put them on the story. <laughs> I suck at I'm so sorry. I apologize to everybody. I mean, if you got excited, I understand. But I'm sorry, Courtney. <laughs> it's my bad. I don't know. I gotta practice. My brother's getting married, so. I mean, you're doing great. Yeah. You're doing way better than me. And I had. You drank more than I, I did. I was gonna say, I had like four Amaretto Sours, a pineapple upside down shot, two Ryan guys. I had a lot. I had a, I had a. I had a decent amount, but I was also driving, so I had to, I had to call it quits. Yeah. You were, you were the DD for me. That was I was great. responsible. <laughs> I have no problem being DD because you can have like a beer or two and then you're like, okay, done. Yeah, and then you don't get hungover. You don't lose a bunch of money. Okay. For Christmas, we thought Cincinnati crimes mm-hmm. because Christmas and murder. And murder. <laughs> and murder. <laughs> Especially because I just did 33% pulps do not murder before Christmas. Yes. See, I it's still in my playlist. I still have not had the chance to listen to it. That's how busy it's been at work. I'm like, it's the holidays. Go the fuck home. I don't want to work. <laughs> don't have problems with your computers, okay? I have research to do. I have podcasts to listen to. They're not listening to me. No. that's that, I mean, people, if you have problems, follow the golden rule of the IT crowd. Turn it off and turn it back on again. Seriously, that's all we do. No. <laughs> and if it's on fire, email the fire department. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. There you go. And if it's wet, just put it in some rice and hope it fucking works. Probably or not. set it on fire. Yeah. And then hopefully the fumes from your device will just knock you out. Or office space that shit and take a hammer to it. (laughs) Sometimes. You have no idea. My fucking work computer sucks. (laughs) My sister has broken a wireless keyboard. Why? I don't know how. She 
now I'm lucky. Now her boyfriend, her current boyfriend, is tech savvy. So I stopped getting the phone calls. <laughs> but I would just get, like, for a while, I would just get phone calls to be like, okay, so my computer doesn't work. Uh, I It's doing this thing. Not very descriptive. It's doing this thing, and I want it to stop. And I'd just be like, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? She goes, yes. I'm like, did you take the battery out and turn it back on again? And she goes, oh, no. And I was like, if that doesn't work, I don't know. I'm not there. Get a there. new one. <laughs> I'm not there. I don't know what's happening. No one should ever make you do IT from afar. It no, is, it's it, hard. Like, if you can see it in person, it's like, oh, I've seen that screen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard those beeps before. Yeah. We're going to go. We both have old school murders. 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 <laughs> I haven't, I ate lunch a while ago, so this wine. I have not eaten, <laughs> so I'm going to be great in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you should know we are having a white wine. I, that's ex- the extent of what I know about this wine. Ganache Blanc or something like that? Gan- something, some chocolate, white chocolate shit, I don't know. I don't know. Um, someone sent it to Wine and Crime. They probably know. They've studied yeah. all the wines. Mm-hmm. They probably have a degree in winology. God, yeah. Teach me your ways. So we're going to talk about Edith Klump. Have you heard of her? No. I purposely did not look this up so I could be (laughs) surprised at every twist and turn. Yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about actually her first divorce before we talk about the murder. The murder. So, just because I think the divorce is actually very significant, um, True Crime Historian has a book on it and they were on a podcast about it so more in depth than I am because I couldn't get the book by this time. <laughs> by today. By I could today. not get it. Okay so Edith and Robert Klump uh, had divorce proceedings including five, four or five appearances before a criminal judge um, where Edith claimed assault and battery charges against her husband and this is in 1956. Old school. Mm-hmm. The first arrest occurred in November and showed the marriage was rocky from start to finish. Quote, The man appears to be very nervous and is really upset about the divorce being filed. He said he didn't even know that she had filed for divorce (laughs) as they were living together when he came home one night and his clothing was in his stepson's car. End quote. In the rain. That's brutal. Holy shit. Can you imagine? Hold on. Like, if I come home... From work, and I'm just like, man, I'm beat. I just need a nice warm shower, some good eats, and bed. And then I come home, and my shit's in somebody else's car, and it's raining, and I can't get in the house. And she's just standing there like, okay, bye. Bye. Also, I filed for divorce, bitch. I know. I would be pissed. On top of it, there was an order for him to stay away from the home. And he basically was like, um, if anyone should be doing the divorcing, it should be me. Because... He said she would go to work and then go around till five in the morning sometimes. So Edith was getting it. Go around? Like, be more elaborate. Was she getting getting it on? Yeah, and going out to bars. She was partying. As you sip your wine. <laughs> Are you Edith? I'm not married with several kids, so no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's fucked up, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he had caught her in... Like, on many occasions, and she had lied to him about where she had been. And he goes, okay, I pushed her around, but she has hit me just as much. So this is a very abusive relationship on both sides. Jesus. When I said physical, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, But he was trying to keep his family together. Um, But they had been separated many times before moving to Mount Washington, which is on the eastern side of Cincinnati. Yeah, I used to live there. If you've ever looked at the map of Cincinnati, it's a weird shape mm-hmm. because it has, the city has eaten up tiny villages and Mount Washington was one of them. Um, quote, he stated his wife had, has always had jobs as a babysitter in the home and he is assisted by taking the children to their homes over the weekend and washing dishes at night because his wife held another job also. He knows his wife worked very hard and tried to get along, but she didn't seem to be happy, end quote. Hmm. And on top of that, in 1956 as well, she Edith told the police she felt um, her husband was so nervous because he is mentally un- unwell. Who isn't these days? <laughs> <clears throat> but in 1956, saying someone's mentally unwell, yeah, she could have got him committed. Yeah. She's, she just could have said, hey, he's uh, bonkers. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, let me get him. Yeah. Lock him up. So it's, it's 
Not yeah. a good situation. Do we know what his mental illness was at this point? Or no, they just... No. He just wasn't mentally well. He is not involved in the murder. This is just setting either. the scene. Oh, shit. About Edith. Well, she admitted to staying out with some girlfriends. Um, she really avoided going home because he would question her, and then they would argue, and then they would fight. Like, physically fight. Ah, Mm-hmm. And you said they had kids together, right? Yes, they had four. They, you know, they did the typical cycle where they separated. He'd be like, I'll be better. And then they'd happen the same thing. Battered woman syndrome. Or th- battered man syndrome. I think they're just case. battered couple syndrome. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they were Lutherans. They belonged to the Norwood Lutheran Church, which is northern Cincinnati. But, like, the good Lutherans they were... They never mentioned, she never mentioned their marital, marital difficulties to anyone there. Um, sorry, my, my, my mom's family is Lutheran and they never mentioned shit. You don't yeah. talk about it to people no. outside the family. People shouldn't know. No, they shouldn't know. Someone got in trouble two generations ago because they married someone who was not Lutheran. Oh, hell no. For Germans? Are you kidding me? And they're not Lutheran? <sighs> Appalled. It's so shocking. <laughs> Hashtag disappointment. (laughs) Um, So Robert at one point had contacted the pastor, um, told him that Edith was a very immoral woman and he was at his wit's end. (laughs) Which, a little bit. Yeah. But because the word of the pastor and Robert's conversation got around the church, she was like, I'm done. We're getting a divorce. So this is all like they're telling the cops this. Do you just imagine that poor, like, it's like a cadet's first day, he's on the desk, <laughs> just like, please stop telling me this. He's like, I'm never getting married. I'm not doing it. Um, it was a parole officer that, Edith said that Bob was insanely jealous, would accuse her of improper association with every man she spoke to at work. <laughs> improper association. So in like, the 50s. <laughs> so... So she's like, did you get that TPS report? <laughs> like that type of improper stuff? Or like, was she doing bad things at work? I mean, I think she was cheating on him. But at I don't... Work. I don't know if at work... I think she would find the guys at work and then... Meet them at the bar. Meet them later. It's bad. Um, he would come into her workplace and insult her in front of the customers and call her vile names. Which is rude. <laughs> it's so funny, though. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I'd just be like, please leave. No, I'd be like, so I guess I'm uh, fired now, huh? Okay. And then walk out. Because I would never want to work there again if I got embarrassed like that. I will give you the advice my brother said he gave to his coworker. Never bring enough stuff to work that you need more than one box to carry out. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. He said I need two boxes. He said that to someone, and he goes, I don't under because he was, this kid was like, I don't understand why you don't have that much stuff. He goes, because if you get fired or something, you don't want to come back in. Yeah, you don't want a second trip. <laughs> Two trips are for pussies. And then that kid got fired, because he was lying about being oh, sick, God. and he was on vacation. Well, he-, he probably posted it online. Yep, yep. <laughs> And he had to come back for multiple See, trips. No, that's embarrassing. Uh-uh, I'm done. One and done. One and done. Just quiet. Or there's another company. I'm not going to shout their name out or anything. There's a company um, in Mason that if you get fired, you get walked out. You're not allowed to grab any of your shit, and they mail it to you. I'd rather that happen. Well, yeah, because then nobody knows what happened. They're just like, oh, meeting. Oh, they never came back from the meeting. Guess they're fired. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, like, not obvious. Yeah. Okay, so Robert had caused Edith to lose jobs. She couldn't bring friends home to, um, because as soon as she introduced him to Robert, he would ask them where Edith was on a certain date, maybe even as far as two months prior. Bitch, I can't remember what I did last week. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Was that last week? That was two years ago, Heather. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the person would be like, yeah, like, be like, uh, I don't know. What? And me embarrassed. Um, And it had been going on for 10 years. I don't know how she didn't murder him. I would have murdered him. Wait, what was going on 10 years? Him going to her work Their whole behavior thing. They were married 10 years. And they were acting like little children. For 10 years. On a freaking playground. Yes. Arguing about who gets to play tetherball next. Mm Mm-hmm. Seriously. And she was like, 
I wanted to keep the home together, but it's not worth it. The children are suffering. Her oldest daughter would not speak to her father or go out with him. <laughs> and she was like, I tried to get the kids to be nice to him, but they're afraid of him. The nine-year-old was extremely nervous. And the doctor was like, yeah, this is the home situation. Mm. Which, considering it was the 50s, you know, prescribe some cocaine, it's fine. <laughs> Wait, or, um, oh shit, what a- why can't I think of the name of it? That little pill in um, Wolf of Wall Street, they don't have them anymore. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh I my haven't God. seen Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, it's like the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. It was like a pill that you could get as a prescription, I'm pretty sure, but people would like abuse it. Well, like diet pills used to have speed in them. Yeah. What? If- oh my God, this is going to bother me so bad. <laughs> when I think of it, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, so there was a... The writer of this report um, said during the 90-minute joint interview, Robert was so nervous he was never quiet. He only wanted her to count for every time she was late from 1952 to 1954. What? How? I cannot count for my day this much, and I write this down for, like, reporting. Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. There's no way. I would never know. I'd be like, I was late every day. I don't even know how to <laughs> answer that. Yeah. Um... And if they hash it out, they could hash it out in domestic relations court. I love 50s terms for things. If they wanted to, but the office they were in didn't handle divorce work. (laughs) Um, It does handle assault and battery, and if he ever struck her again, the judge would take care of it. He said, what should I do if she strikes me? (laughs) And the reporter said, quote, if you stay away from her as you were supposed to do, there will be no occasion to strike for her to strike you, but if she comes to you and strikes you, you have the privilege of having her arrested, end quote. Oh my god, this is so great. This is before the murder. <laughs> We're still before the murder. We're still before the murder. This is just setting up how Edith is. So they would have to, he'd have to pick up his kids from Edith's mother's house. They have four kids together. And he's like, I should pick up the kids from my own house. And she's like, uh no. Because it'll start an argument. We need a neutral place. Which is what they do now. Uh, There's no fines or punishment for the altercation, um, but Robert does have to pay the court costs because patriarchy. (laughs) Oh, just wait. This is a patriarchy episode. Holy shit. We're going to fight it. (laughs) Then he's brought again before a judge in July 1957 for abuse of family charges, and he gets six months probation. So basically, they're just... They just keep getting in trouble because... They can't deal with shit. Um, Edith claims that he broke into the house and stole $20 out of a drawer where she hid 100 besides the 20 What? So he just stole the 20 out of taking the 100 and ran. And she goes to pay her taxes because she's an American. A burglar would have taken the whole wad she charged. <laughs> she's not wrong. No. Um, yeah, so it's Yeah, just- let me just scatter some bills and see which ones they take. Also, can somebody give me some bills to scatter? Because I don't have any. Um, I literally paid for Wendy with dollar coins the other day. Paid for what? Wendy's. Oh, you're like, Wendy, I'm like, is she on the corner? Or how you, who is <laughs> no, this? I would be on the corner at this point. Let's not. <laughs> um, so, basically, it is just... The divorce is finalized. Shitstorm, yeah. Yeah, it's constant. It's... Imagine a horrible divorce where everyone's in court constantly. And it ends in August of 1957. That's when the divorce is finalized. And then in March 1958, there are two more court appearances noted in his file um, because of they got the abuse of family charges dismissed. And on March 29th, he was fined $11 in cost for assault and battery. Did you say 11? Yeah. That $20 bill will cover that. (laughs) And he'll get change. Well, and costs of the court. You gotta pay your court fees. Okay, fine. He'll get $2 back. Big deal. Probably at that point you get $5 back. You can go, you can go to Wendy's now and get Wendy's, the, four, yeah. the four for four. Oh, shit. Or McDonald's back in 1957, because when did they open? 1952-ish? I think White Castle would probably be your better bet at this point. Okay, yeah, they were cheaper. Yeah. Fun fact, Cincinnati loves White Castle, and I did no not shit. realize that. Yeah, I, I eat it when I'm drunk. Any other time... Fucks my stomach up. 
I got a free breakfast sandwich the other week because someone brought it. Was it good? It was actually pretty good. Yeah. And it wasn't even warm. It's the waffle one, right? No. It was a biscuit one. They have biscuits? Or biscuit one or like a sandwich one. Like it was like a little sandwich one, not waffle. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was thinking about, I was like, should I stop eating food? I almost did, but he needs to eat too, so. Uh, Okay. Now to the murder. (laughs) So just remember, Edith has kind of already been accused of assault and battery and has fucked around with her ex-husband. Fucked around by, like, being abusive and, like, Okay, I was like, I don't remember uh, adultery being in this, but okay. She probably has also cheated on him. Right, but they didn't get her for that. Yeah. She was a sly fox. Yeah, at that point, they could get you for adultery, and that would not be good. Here's my thing. How do you hide that? I could not. Like, how, how do people do that? I don't know. Again... Oh, yeah, you're not married. I'm not married. <laughs> I just I don't... rarely, rarely am in a relationship because I've been moving constantly. I laugh. People... I just, I don't know. It, I don't know. Hurts my heart. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. So. I'd rather see them beat each other. But okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, the quote of this. I'd rather see them beat each other. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> this is not a funny topic. No. Domestic violence is not funny. It's really not. I just... Yeah, adultery seems very heartbreaking. It's emotional abuse as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, murder. <laughs> murder. November 1st, 1958. So a year after, about a year after Edith is officially divorced. William Bergen reported his wife Louise missing. The same morning, uh, duck hunters at Cohen Lake in Clinton County, which is east of Cincinnati, found the charred remains of a woman who would later be identified as Louise Bergen. Dun dun dun. Exactly. They found her. They did. They found her. They didn't know right away that it was right. her. But um, interestingly, William and Louise had been separated for five months. Why, you ask? William, who was 30, had been. <laughs> Why are you? Those voices. <laughs> who had been living with his blonde girlfriend, Edith Klump, who was 40, which I'm like, get it, girl. Get it. And how old was he? 30. And she was 40? Yes. She's doing something great with those wrinkles or whatever. Do you get wrinkles at 40? I think I already have some. (laughs) I'm not even 30. I don't know. So, she's a divorced mother, as we have already mentioned, who taught sewing classes and provided daycare in her home. She had four kids between 9 and 20. I know. Wow. That's a very large range. The nine-year-old was an accident, huh? I feel like the nine-year-old was an accident. William and Edith met in March at the Lunkin Airport Sky Gallery restaurant. I don't know where that airport is. I'll take you. It's not very far. Well, it wasn't very far from where I used to live, but... <clears throat> is it closer it's nice. to Dayton, or...? No, it's... Lunkin is closer to, like, Kentucky. So, Edith was the waitress, and William was learning to be a pilot. Never trust a pilot. Okay, it's... Oh, it's the one by Mount Washington. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, that makes sense, then. <laughs> Mount Washington. Yeah. All right, everything's full circle now. Mount Washington. Mount Washington. Reasonably priced living now. <laughs> Depends on where you live. Yeah. Um, okay, so they brought Will William. I don't know why I was listening to Kate's episode, so I want to say Willem. I know! <laughs> Dude, right? I, I always want to call him William, but I can't, because it's Willem. Because it's Dutch. So now every time I see a William, I'm like, ah, it's Willem. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, who? Uh, William. William. <laughs> in honor of Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss, yeah. Willem was Willem? brought in for a question. <laughs> really? Is it Willem? Willem. No, it's William. Okay. <laughs> I was so fucking lost. <laughs> For questioning, and he passed a lie detector test, which we all know are so great. Reliable. We'll just bring, like, Jessa and Nick from it getting off. Oh, they- yeah. Dude, they, they, yes. Okay. That's you all. did not hear my stomach in that one either? I did. <laughs> I thought you growled. <laughs> about Jessa and Nick. I would. Because <laughs> he's a snack, right? Isn't that what he's called a snack? <laughs> I feel he's being, what is that, objectified? Yes. Poor guy. <laughs> Don't objectify me. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So then Edith drove herself because she is a grown ass woman and can drive herself to the police headquarters. Well, yeah, she has five kids. Her boyfriend is one of them. <laughs> I was gonna be like, she's poor. I had to, I had to add that so you would know. Yeah, and she failed hers because you know she was nervous about something or she was lying. Maybe, perhaps. Who's to say? I think I do know this case, by the way. <laughs> so. Investigators searched her car. They found traces of blood on the front seat. You know, you get your period. And it gets on the But it's the 1950s, so no one's... <laughs> there was blood on the front seat, and they're like, oh, no, it's just her monthly. <laughs> Seriously? No. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck is just going on in Ohio? Just fucking with you. It's working. And fucked. then... Yeah, because they found... They found um, in the front seat and in the trunk. So they're like, um... Well, who sits in their trunk? <laughs> Unless they did. Um, so I have actually traveled by trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Not legally. In the state of Ohio. Edith, because of all the evidence, was like, I'll talk. So her statement was that she met Louise at Swifton Village Shopping Center on October 30th the day before Halloween, to discuss whether Louise should divorce Willem. And she should have. That's my... He seems like a garbage person. How dare you, Willem. <laughs> I just keep saying it because it's Kate's husband, so sorry. <laughs> um, so Louise got into Edith's car around 5 p.m. I like that it's generalized time because I yeah. never know exactly what time shit happens. Right. They drove to Caldwell Park in Hartwell, and then they started to fight, as they argue. And remember... Everybody. Edith has already been accused of assault and battery, so... She'd be violent. Mm-hmm. At that point, she claims Louise found Will William's gun in the car and pointed it at Edith, and it went off during the struggle and... Killed Louise. Murdered. Not by Owl. <laughs> Good. They need a break. <laughs> so, Edith then said she put Louise in the trunk and went to her sewing class at Woodward High School, where her students... Said she taught normally and taught them how to make dresses. Taught normally. You know, like, how do you teach not normally? Do you just, like, act well, a fool up at the chalkboard or what? Well, she's teaching sewing, so they came into their sew like, like late night sewing class. And they, she was like, oh, okay, she just taught like she normally did. Oh, so she was just being normal. Yeah. Okay, so nothing was off. Nothing was off. Okay. Um, there's a, I think it's like a date Deadly Woman episode on ID on her. Mm. It's a good show. Yes. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Snapped is another good one. It is a good one. Men should watch these. So they get paranoid as hell like women are? So they follow. They stay in line. My wife will fucking kill me if I do this. So, so the confession of the physical evidence was enough for the police to charge Edith with first degree murder. Murder. Which is the worst kind of murder. <laughs> and the Hamilton County Prosecutor, a.k.a. all of Cincinnati. <laughs> Hamilton County is just yeah, Cincinnati. It is, yeah. Uh, well, there's... We're Hamilton County. Are you? Uh -huh. Well, 90% Cincinnati. Uh, so the prosecutor's name was C. Watson Hoover. And he was like, I've got this airtight case. Because he found the motive. Do you want to guess the motive? Um, she wanted the guy? No. So. <laughs> yeah, please tell me. I don't, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> so, Edith was being investigated by her bank. Because, remember, we're in the 1950s. Ooh, bitch be spending too much money. No. Bitch can't get a loan. You cannot get, a woman could not get a loan in the 1950s. That's right. They're not humans. That's right. You couldn't get a loan. You couldn't get a credit card. You couldn't get a checking account. So what are you to do without a husband? <laughs> Live your goddamn life. <laughs> Live your best life, Edith. Fuck the patriarchy. Like I said, it's a fuck the patriarchy episode. It sure is. So she had- Compliments of wine and crime. <laughs> Please tell them we sent you. Yes. So- Edith had applied for a $9,000 loan. Just $9,000. I mean, that was probably a lot back then, though. It's a lot for me right now, but that's it, fine. Me too. I just didn't want it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot for me. 
we can go to Chicago and do meetups and eat pizza. Actually, Edith had the $9,000 loan co-signed by William. And what did she sign as? Oh, the lady's name? Mrs. Bergen, William's wife. The one that's missing? The one who's dead. Well, dead, but they thought she was missing. So the bank was investigating this. So one, it's illegal because she is not married to William. True. Two, she's a single lady. True. Applying for a loan. Blasphemy. You know. Instead of now where millennials just use their parents to apply for loans, but it's fine. (laughs) Bullshit, these these kids have fucking credit cards. Did you know that shit? Mommy and daddy's credit cards, but they still have all the money on the little plastic. You forget I went to Miami. Yeah, so you understand. I was the one person who did not have mommy and daddy's credit card. Yeah. My mom was like, bitch, you pay me back. (laughs) My mom was like, bitch, aren't you paying rent this month? (laughs) I was like, oh, you're home? Go do things. Run the household. So Hoover's belief of the motive was that Edith wanted to get rid of the real Mrs. Bergen. So the loan wasn't fraudulent if she was married to him. Put a ring on that finger, it solves all these problems. Huh. Well, William... I mean, she was kind of smart, though. (laughs) I mean, bitch was smart. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. She was good. I wouldn't have thought of that. I'd be like, man, I'm fucked. (laughs) Well, she was gonna lose her house, as said in the... I believe it's Dangerous Women's. Deadly Women. As Deadly Woman says. Oh, yeah. She was gonna lose her house. Her babies live in that house. What are you gonna do? You got four kids? Well, probably only two of them live there, but still. So... Her attorney, William Hopkins, another William, so I'm just going to call him Hopkins, did not believe that Edith acted alone or her confession wasn't coerced. But we're going to get to the trial now. Because this is actually an interesting trial and whole situation after the murder. So the trial begins June 1959 at the Hamilton County Courthouse. I don't know where that is. I need to take you downtown. I work downtown every day. I need to go with you downtown. We'll go. And explore. We'll go to Over the Ride. Have a great time. Go to the drinking bowling place. So, Hopkins attempts to get Edith to change her statement. He said the police had violated her rights. They had failed to comply for her request for a lawyer. They had coerced uh, her confessions with compromises, uh, promises of leniency. So, really, we need Jessa and Nick to be sitting right here next to the murder birds. Yes, to tell us all the things about this. Yes. Teach us about the law. (laughs) And the judge was like, nope, I don't agree. So, Hopkins' next strategy was to deflect guilt to William Bergen. Quote, a tall, gaunt man with a receding hairline whose adulterous affair had brought the two women together. End quote. He had proof that William had given Edith an informal engagement ring, but apparently had intended to return to his wife. Rude. Yeah, like you can't play takesies backsies. So that was the strategy he went through through the whole case, and his closing statement was, quote, The man, and I use that term loosely, who caused this tragedy has uh, been permitted to go scot-free. This target pistol Romeo, this avi... Aviator of sorts, by his deceit, subref- sub- <laughs> I remember typing this and I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to say that. Subterfuge, honey-dripping promises and vows, has brought the- brought about the death of his wife and the trial of Edith Klump upon the charge of murder, end quote. So basically he's like, this is not Edith's fault. Yeah. She liked this man. It's homeboy's fault. It's the man's fault, aka the patriarchy. So- what do you think she was guilty, not guilty? Um, I think Edith was found guilty on first degree murder without recommendation for mercy. Oh shit. Do you know what that meant in the 50s in Ohio? She didn't get mercy. <laughs> she um, didn't get probation or anything. Mandatory death sentence. I was going to say that, but I didn't know that Okay, that makes sense. Never mind. Because I believe we're still a death sentence. We are. We're a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my response was, nice Ohio. 
as I was writing my notes. Nice, Ohio. Good job. Definitely don't stand up to your stereotype. (laughs) So William had visited Ethan Jail the months leading up to the trial for hours. But as, like, their confidence in each other had waned, he had quit his job and slipped away to D.C. to live with his new 19-year-old girlfriend. He's in his 30s. Yuck. Do you have daddy issues? Someone has daddy issues. Someone just wants to fuck a younger woman. Ah, it's all yucky. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Take a shower. Or just drink more free wine. Um, working on it. So, after the sentencing, or after the formal trial, her sentencing comes up, and Eth is like, mm I'm not going down like this. Mainly, I think, William left her for a 19-year-old. Yeah. And anyone would be pissed as hell. Yeah. I would. So, she goes after William. She said, he was in the car, he was struggling with his wife, the gun went off. This sounds like a song from Chicago. <laughs> it does, though. I mean, it could I've be never on, seen it. It could be on the cell block tango. <laughs> so, the big thing was, Edith claims it occurred at Strand Drive in Anderson Township instead of at Caldwell Park, where they found the body. She, she also claimed that they had burned the body together that night at Cohen Lake on the same night as the murder. So, they probably just transported her. Mm-hmm. In the trunk, and that's why the blood was there. The reason why she didn't step forward earlier was William had threatened to do harm to her children. Remember, she has four mm-hmm. and an ex-husband. If he was linked to Louise's death. That's enough to make a bitch, like, say, I did it. Yeah. She's got kids. Ooh, so do you believe her? Well, she get, didn't do it? We'll get into it. We'll do it. Turmoil. Um, so the court said, uh, we're not believing you, and we sentence you to die on December 15th, 1959. Moving a lot quicker than current modes of justice. Mm-hmm. And she was sent to the Ohio Women's Reformatory in Marysville, which I also don't know where Marysville is. Oh my goodness, I need to take you around. I just drive past the Mansfield sign. Yes. Every time I have to drive yes. between Cincinnati and Cleveland, which is sadly very frequently. Yeah. I hate it. There's one, there's a jail up here in Lebanon, too. Lebanon Correctional Facility. And it's like, it's not too far from, um... Okay, so Edith appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they were like, nah. Nah, bish. No, thanks. So, she appealed to the Ohio Governor, Michael V. DeSalle. 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 He's like a good Ohio Governor, Italian, probably. (laughs) Ohio, full of Italians. The more you know. <laughs> the I, you guys could see this. <laughs> Rainbow and then Italian, Italian hands. I'm Slovenian. It's close uh, enough to Italian. Pasta. Okay. I'm close enough to Italian. So it was his first year of govern- governorship. And he was like, I don't like capital punishment. It's not a good thing. Or I'm corporal punishment. It. Yeah. So she appeals. Her lawyer makes a big impression on DeSalle's, and the kind of the whole thing was they were like, we'll give her a truth serum, because mm-hmm. remember, oh, yeah. it's the 50s, 50s, bitch. Yeah. Holy That's shit. That's the title of this. It's the 50s, 50s bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, the courts say no, but DeSalle says, maybe. Maybe. I'll think maybe. about it. Um, so, he gets an Ohio State psychiatrist because of course ohio state mm-hmm. you got the oh i o <laughs> never even that. sorry if you live in ohio and you can't respond with that yeah are you really from ohio it's it, it's a reflex it is it's terrible it's like the ymca it is like the ymca <laughs> i had someone in washington I said, oh, I'm from Cleveland. And someone goes, oh, wait. And I was like, I oh, I didn't even meet you. <laughs> and there's reaction. a bunch of people from California and Oregon and Washington who are just like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this bitch? I was giving a presentation, so they knew who I was at that point. Oh, my God. I was working. That's what happened. Uh, I also made Buckeyes. What? I made Buckeyes for people. Oh, I thought you said. T- <laughs> Did you say, thought I said Black Eyes? <laughs> yes. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm not that magical. 
That takes nine months at least. I thought you said, and I met black guys. And I'm like, so, DeSales was like, we're going to get you some truth serum two days before her scheduled execution. That's cutting it up a yeah. bit close. Yes. And there's like a two, three hour interview that the psychiatrist does with Edith. And Sal's was convinced of her story. Really? Oh, we're going to get to it. And commutes her sentence. To life in prison. Mm-hmm. Remember. I know somebody that that happened to. Um, it's his first year as governor. He's trying to make an impression. Yeah, public did not appreciate that. Oh, yeah. This is a media sensation. Mm-hmm. Just imagine the newspapers. It was in all the archives. It was in all the archives. I did not go to the archives for that. I went for something else, but that's besides the point. And then the transcripts of Edith's serum interviews were published. Oh my god. Again, it is the 50s. Everybody knows everything. Fuck personal privacy. What's Publish that? that shit. Mm-hmm. You want to have a... Private- we need a story. <laughs> like now. <laughs> um, this is top news. Right. We're going to dig through your trash. We're going to live in your home. We're going to figure out this shit. We're going to get your, your, your private psychiatry um, notes. But they're published in a deputy sheriff, Erwin Shalute. Very German. <laughs> Shalute. I'm going to go with Shalute. It's a very German name, so obviously from Cincinnati. <laughs> It's a very German town, I've learned. Mm-hmm. Read a lot of history of Cincinnati. Um, and he goes, light bulbs, light bulbs, light bulbs. Just like that. Yeah, arms okay. up, light bulbs going off. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I remember Anderson Township Rangers found part of a broken necklace, a pair of eyeglasses, and bloody stained shorts. That night Louise died. On what road? What road do you think they found him on? Their road? Yeah, the road that... Snyder, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Was it Snyder? Um, Stratton. Stratton. Stratton Drive. The night Louise died. That's a quinky dink. I know! How weird. Take a minute. Let that sink in. While you drink your wine. (laughs) Is this like an ad? (laughs) <laughs> no, I wanted to say, drink my wine. <laughs> Take a second, because I fucking need a second. <laughs> I need some wine. Um, no, my ads would be probably more of me singing horribly. Um, so they had, the rangers had turned them into Clinton County officials, as rangers do. They normally don't have areas to keep that shit. Speaking as someone who's worked with rangers, they don't. Did you wear the hat? I got to wear my boss's hat because I was seasonal, so I didn't get a hat. But I told them they didn't believe I could fit in the hat because I said my head is very large. And they're like, no, it won't fit. And I said, try me. I put the hat on. I'll share the I'll share the picture. Um, it did fit. Okay. And it fit perfectly. I'm a little snug. I've bought a men's size hat before. I have a very large head. It's my mother's fault. We all know this. Um, so what do they do now? They go and they get that evidence out of wherever they keep the evidence in Clinton County. I don't know what county that, where that is. Um, and the necklace matched Louise's. They had little bits of it because it was broken. Mm. And they're like, it was on Louise. They put it together like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, these eyeglasses are the same as Louise wore. How weird. This is just silly. <laughs> They're like, well, guess we can't solve this one, and they throw it all away. <laughs> nope. The governor was like, hey, Hoover, the DA, you want to retry this shit? And he goes, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Ohio. Okay. I'm okay, bro. Nah. It's Ohio. <laughs> I have lunch plans. I'm gonna go over the ride, find some Germans, and have a party. Um, (laughs) Get my boozy ice cream on. So DeSalle's ordered an investigation by the State Highway Patrol, which, as much as I love my state, I hate Ohio State Highway Patrol so much. (laughs) I have had confirmation. They are the worst. Not, like, in doing their job. They just don't give you any leniency. So if you speed in Ohio on the freeways... 
Good fucking luck. Yeah. It is. They will bite you. Oh. They have airplanes that catch that shit. The State Highway Patrol. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Issued a report that Louise was actually killed on Stratton Road, or Stratton Drive. Her body was burned on the night of her death, and William had lied a shit ton. Fucking liar. So, did he do it? Wait, did you say that he lied a shit ton? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought I... He changed his alibi. He was just changing shit. <laughs> you know how cops like when you change shit on them. Oh, yeah. They really love that. They're like, wait, you just said you wanted goldfish crackers, and now you're saying club crackers? Something right here. And guess who still wouldn't change their mind? Oh, the <laughs> governor. No. The judge. No. <laughs> Who are we talking about? <laughs> the DA Hoover. Yes, him. The prosecutor was like, no, nah, I'm not going to recharge this shit. I already solved it. Done. I mean, what time of the year was this again? Um, It was, I think they, they started in June. So it could be like by the end of the year, but still. I mean, there's holidays though. Can you expect them to retry? Yeah. To do your <laughs> fucking job I'm paying you to do. But maybe he had other plans. <laughs> or motherfucker. <laughs> you know how they clap in between each one? Yeah. I think it's really he just, he's like, I got a slam dunk. Yeah. Motive. Evidence. Mm-hmm. She confessed. Yeah. Usually but- when they confess, they're like, there's nothing else we need. So, DeSalle's lost his re-election campaign. Oh, shit. But, on his final day in office, he commuted either... Edith's sentence to second-degree murder. Thus, she, she was... got out of jail. She was eligible for parole. Oh, snap. He's like, fuck you fuckers, you don't want me in office? I'm gonna do this before I go. Um, Peace out. She did the truth serum! <laughs> but Edith got paroled May 12th, 1971, after 11 years in prison. So I think she did do time for second-degree manslaughter. I think... She didn't actually commit the crime. I think she was just proxy. Hmm. Because it wouldn't make sense for her. She loved her kids that much. That's enough to make her... There was also extra proof that William had cheated on Louise before. He wasn't very tight-lipped. Also, when you go off with a 19-year-old... Yeah, it kind of tells When your girlfriend's going up for your wife's murder... Oh, my God. Just saying that, like he has it's so many so women. Skeevy. It's so skeevy. when your wife is up for your wait. When your girlfriend is up for your wife's murder, and you go with your new girlfriend, man, that looks you... really bad. And this is before Tinder. <laughs> I still don't even know which way you swipe on that shit. I don't know. I don't go and tell me. I don't know. I don't go on Tinder. It's so, so many people use it though. So DeSales when he was his commuting sentence, he kind of admonished Edith for her act in the the death, but then really laid into William, quote, There are many people like William Bergen, but not many have such complete callousness told of the infidelity of to his to a wife he claimed he loved. This is the same man who in a boasting vein told of conquest after conquest while living with his wife and while he was living with Mrs. Clump, having lied twice, having on two additional occasions indicated his willingness to testify, then having backed away at the last moment, how much can he really be believed? (laughs) End quote. So you think she didn't do it? I... You think she was forced to help? I think... It was maybe not forced to help, but I think manipulated. She, I think it was a manipulation scenario. Um, I think she then ended up in a shitty situation. I don't think she was a great person. Mm-hmm. I think she was just a human being who really liked William. Mm-hmm. He was helping her out, keep her house, you know, with the loan. And so when she went to go talk to Louise, he wanted to be there. Shit got violent. She knew what that was like. All of a sudden. Because in the beginning, she mentioned Louise had William's gun. Why was William's gun in her car? 
True. William was in the car, de facto. Right. So I think William had too many ladies on the side, figured he'd get rid of his top beard, mm-hmm. which was Louise, and then throw Edith under the bus, and he could go live with his, his little 19-year-old girlfriend. He could go with his 19-year-old girlfriend and start cheating on her. Ugh. He's a man whore. Again, it's... Like, how good-looking was this guy, though? Like, how was he getting all these ladies? Not good? 1950s. He's got a job. Oh. Remember, women cannot Mm -hmm. have credit cards. Women cannot have loans. Mm -hmm. You need a man. The system... The patriarchy was created in the sense that you needed a man. I know. It's shitty. I think Edith was between a rock and a hard place. She really liked William. Mm Mm-hmm. Louise really liked William. He probably had charisma. Yeah. I don't know if he's dead or not. Probably at this point. Maybe. He was in his 30s in, in the, the 1950s? 50s? Yeah. Late 50s. He could still be alive. He could be in his 90s. Yeah. He wouldn't I don't... hear us anyway. He doesn't know what a popcast is. Yeah. I've heard so many ways. Popcast. Broadcast. Livestream radio. Yeah. It's just... So, I think... She wasn't an innocent in it, mm-hmm. but I don't think she went out there planning to murder. Right. I think it was a kind of manslaughter-esque mm-hmm. situation, but William definitely, because he had the gun, Yeah, he planned. He's like, I need to get rid of one of them. Yeah. This is getting too hard. But Edith, I mean, Edith isn't innocent. She's, we know she's- Abusive. She's abusive. She's been abused. Mm-hmm. She's got four kids. She's got to live her life. And she's more of a modern woman than the 1950s was used to. She liked to have boyfriends. Granted. Her independence. She yeah. liked her independence. And she wanted, like, as anyone would, to keep their house. So mm-hmm. she did what she thought she had to do. Yeah. So. So when she got out of jail. She lived a quiet life. Really? Mm-hmm. And her kids are probably alive right now. Yeah. But they were they living with her after she got out. Like, well, I mean, I guess they, they just said old she, enough. They know? just said she was living a quiet life. Mm. She kept out of the limelight. That makes me believe more that she didn't plan it. I don't think it was. Yeah, because if she had planned it and she was that, <laughs> no. But yeah, like I feel like if she was like the mastermind, the manipulator, the person who conspired and like planned all this, like I think that she would. Be more in the spotlight. She would... Or she would have covered her fucking tracks. Well, yeah, but, like, it, for by her staying... Like, after she got out of jail, for her staying out of the limelight, that tells me more that she felt guilty for it, that that's not what she wanted, or... You know what I mean? The reason why I don't think she planned it was because William visited her, and then all of a sudden, when she didn't believe his lies anymore, mm-hmm. he fled. Yeah. That seems like a guy who's... Used to getting his own way. Mm-hmm. He had another girl lined up. And he had to cover himself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe the truth serum. I would like to see what that truth serum's like. It's called alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking it right now. What would you like me to ask you? Oh, I think this was psychiatry administered truth serum. Yeah. So that's concentrated. Heavy duty water. <laughs> It's a placebo effect. They make you think it's truth serums, and then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, this is the truth. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, that'd be funny if that's what it was, though. Just watch water. The men, watch the men who stare at goats. Yeah, you told me about that. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. It's a George Clooney movie about yeah. they're trying to find a truth serum in the CIA. You can't really find a truth serum. You can just lower people's inhibitions enough, and then just quiz them. Wine. <laughs> As Heather chugs her... Her wine. I can't chug wine. <laughs> oh. I can chug some vodka or something. I can chug wine like nobody's business. Let me see. I mean, I could, but it'll make me gag a little. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> I'll be like... Okay, devotees. So, I hope you had a good Christmas. Heather will be back. We're gonna record after Christmas, or after New Year's, because I'm gonna be up in Cleveland, so be ready for some dog pictures. Puppies. All the schnitzel. All the schnitzel. And then we'll be back with another Cincinnati murder for the new year. Yay! Booga booga booga. Sorry, not yay. It's sad. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah, yours is real, real bad. I know. I kind of... Mm, I'll discuss this with you in a minute. 
But yeah, it's really sad. It's real sad. Okay. Okay, Heather, do you want to tell people where to find you? In my house. <gasps> okay, I'm sorry. Redo. Okay. <laughs> um, so everywhere, basically. Um, so Nature versus Narcissism is a true crime comedy podcast because it's fucking hard to talk about murder without making some dark humor jokes in there. Wait, you're supposed to be serious about life? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of serious podcasts out there, though, and they're really good, and I can't... I do it just a little bit with the second podcast, Status Pending, which I co-host with Scott Fuller of the Frozen Truth podcast, which if you haven't listened, you need to. Like, there's a case of his that's literally in the news as we speak right now. These will all be tagged Mm -hmm. in the description. Yeah, so that one is an investigative podcast, which is really what I wanted when I started podcasting, but I was like, this is so sad. I can't keep crying into my wine. (laughs) It's making it salty. (laughs) So yeah, fine. Nature versus narcissism. Her family's on it. It's great. I've listened to it while I walked the dogs in the woods, which made me paranoid. Yes, don't do that. There might be an Ohio, Indiana true crime podcast meetup. And it's coming up soon. soon. Stay tuned. We just have to figure out where to meet because yeah. Heather and when? And I, oh yeah, no, we got. The we know date. we got Never the when. Yeah, we don't have the where. I'll find you a where. <laughs> That's what she said. Gosh, what do we have? Like eight? <laughs> there's um yeah, there's a lot. There's. Do you want to name them? Um. So, cult of domesticity, brothers, commonplace, mysterious circumstances, based on a true crime. I don't think they're they moved. Um, murder and such. The hidden- they did move, honey. They're in New Mexico. Uh, the Hidden Staircase, Murder and Such, Brohio Podcast, Las Mordia, Nature versus Narcissism, Martinis and the Macabre, Hoosier Homicide. Little, little podcast of horrors? Yeah, little podcast of horrors. Yeah. I do everything on Twitter because I can access it at work. Yes, that's a lot of podcasts. And I think if we can pull this meetup off, it would be so cool. Yeah. It's going to be closer to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in the area between Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky, and probably Tennessee is not too bad either. Well, about four hours, depending on where. Everyone will be promoting as soon as we decide on a place. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I think it means Heather and I need to go to bars. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, research. Darn. darn. I hate research. We hate bars. Hopefully, devotees and other friends... Come yes, meet us. Please. Bring, buy some merch, wear some merch. Good idea. Because that way we know whose podcast you're repping. Please rep mine. <laughs> <laughs> There's I, a sale right now. You can get it at the cheapest price. I think I'll throw a sale out so that way you can. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. There are many true crime podcasts available each offering a different perspective to the genre. Each with their own niche that pulls the listener in by tugging at their heartstrings or their funny bone in one way or another. What we aim to do with Status Pending is make you think. We want you to feel as though you're connected to the case. We want you to feel something. The cases we're going to cover have discrepancies of some sort and may or may not be well known. They are either unsolved, prematurely closed, or open without any solid leads. We want to get these stories out to the public, for the family, and for the victims. Join us every month for a different case, which will be a different chapter in our podcast, as we take a three-part look into the facts. We'll have interviews, expert opinions, and more. And we'll also be looking for suggestions from you for cases to take on as we move forward. You can email us at statuspendingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to Status Pending wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Cult of Domesticity. We are available on all podcatchers. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at The Domestic Podcast and Instagram at The Cult of Domesticity. If you have a topic request, information, or want to send us a recipe, please email us at thedomesticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share with all your friends. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.